Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Six, four, Welcome to another episode of the 643 Podcast. I am your host, Dylan Short, brought to you by 680 The Fan and the Dickey Broadcasting Company. If you want to listen to this any other time or any of the other podcasts from the 680 Fan hosts, and there are a lot of them, go to thepodcastpark.com. You will find the list of all of the podcasts. Pretty much every host at 680 and a lot of the producers have one going on as well. Go to the podcast park today. Find your favorite ones. Like and subscribe to them on your favorite channels or whatever app you use to listen to podcasts and let the hosts know which one is your favorite. Go to thepodcastpark.com and get started. So, a lot of news just coming over from Tuesday. Uh, Orlando Arcia goes down, uh, messed up his hammy. Looks like he he's saying he's probably going to be out three or four weeks. He also said he heard a pop, which never a good sign. Hammies can be kind of difficult to come back from. They can kind of linger. And it's a shame because Orlando Arcia was having a really, really good season. A 102 WRC+. Plus. And I know he hadn't been performing like he was early in the season in everyday reps, but really did a fantastic job uh, subbing in for Ozzy Albies while he's been hurt. And, and I don't think the Braves are where they're at right now. If Orlando Arce is not playing as well as he is, he's playing exceptional defense at the Keystone. Uh, so first of all, tough luck for Orlando. He's been a phenomenal player. I'd love to see the Braves bring him back as, as again, just being uh, the utility type of guy, first guy off the bench. I love Orlando Arcia. I've said it before. His swing is one of my absolute favorite to watch in baseball. When he gets a hold of one with that, it's it's so violent and so smooth at the same time. It's one of my absolute favorites to watch. So I'm really, really gutted for Orlando Arcia. And it did leave the Braves in a bit of a pickle because you didn't want to roll Ere Andrianza as the full-time starting second baseman. And you really didn't have anybody else behind him. So obviously you've had Vaughn Grissom, who's been performing exceptionally this year, got himself called up to double A where he's been just incredible, had 14 homers on the season. Um, walks and strikeouts were essentially the same. Uh, just a really, really good bat on ball type of kid. 6'3". They listed at 185. He might be closing in on 200 now as he's getting a little bit bigger. Uh, but a guy that that is the number one ranked prospect in the system. Uh, Baseball America had him number 78, I believe. Keith Law had him in his top 100 as well. A guy that has really been jumping up radars after being kind of hidden for the last few seasons. In high school, he didn't really get scouted very much because he was on the same team as Riley Green. And then once the Braves drafted him in the 11th round, he goes to the minors and he's on teams with Michael Harris, who it's going to be hard to kind of stand out with Michael Harris on your roster. But for what it's worth, Von Grissom had actually been the better offensive player between the two across every level they went to. 
the main thing about Vaughn was um, how soon can you expect him to come up? What's his overall ceiling? He was kind of seen as a guy that could do a lot of things, but wasn't really particularly like stand out in any one of those. And I've kind of always thought this was backwards. One of the things I look for when I'm looking at prospects is I want to see how symmetrical or how smooth their swing is. That can tell me a lot. If, if you've got a very smooth swing, adjustments are, well, adjusting is never easy. If it's very smooth and doesn't have a lot of working parts to it, and it's something that's imminently repeatable, and it shows some athleticism, then adjusting to different types of pitches is a little bit easier than if you've got one of these herky-jerky, lots of moving part type swings. Vaughn always has that. Vaughn is an excellent hitter. The main calling card for me, what made me so convinced he was going to hit, was that he had a, a batter's eye, an eye at the plate, far beyond his years. And I actually thought, and I still think this, that he'll actually perform better above the higher he goes. Because one of the things that happens when you're in lower minor league ball, whether it's DSL, GCL, uh, low A, or high A even, is the umpiring is not nearly as good either. So guys with really good plate discipline and really good eyes at the plate can sometimes run higher strikeout rates than they really deserve because the umpiring is, is being a little bit more lenient to the pitching. And that can kind of hurt a guy like Vaughn, who just has a really good eye at the plate and doesn't really chase a lot, knows the strike zone really, really well, knows what he can do damage with. And I thought it was really impressive that he was able to put up the numbers he was putting up while retaining that sort of patience. And I, I, I love that. That always convinces me that you're going to hit. Well, I didn't think that the Braves would call him up this early. Similar to where I was with Michael Harris before his call-up, where uh, I, I did not think they would call Michael Harris up with no time in AAA at all. I did not think Vaughn Grissom was on that same Michael Harris type of track. Uh, I think Michael. I think one of the key differences between the two call-ups was Michael Harris's defense was a standout tool to where even if he wasn't hitting offensively, defensively he would have been such a boon for you that you could have offset it anyway. Michael doesn't have to hit in order to be a good call-up. Well, if you were going to call up Vaughn Grissom to replace Orlando Arcia, you know you're getting Ozzy Albies, or you're supposed to get Ozzy Albies back in about a month or so. So I didn't think they would start that clock on Vaughn Grissom and play him at second base, a position he's only played 19 times in the minor leagues. I didn't think they would actually do that. Well, Alex Anthopoulos, he's just decided to be really aggressive with his prospects. Uh, Spencer Strider, Michael Harris paid off, so why not give Vaughn Grissom a shot? And yesterday, Vaughn Grissom, in his debut, showed you everything you wanted to see from him as a player and showed why people like me are so excited for him. As his first major league hit is an absolute blast over the monster in left center. Hit at 412 feet, 102 mile an hour off the bat. Just a crush job. Had a perfect bat flip to go along with it, which we'll kind of discuss here in a second. He also had a line drive single, which is something you'll see a lot from Vaughn. That's when you watch a lot of Vaughn Grissom, if you, if you watch his minor league videos, what you'll see is a lot of them of a guy just lining it and barreling it right into right center field or left center field for singles and doubles. He typically peppers the gaps. That's kind of what, of, uh, what I was expecting. Now, he's had, he had 14 homers before yesterday, so there's a little bit of pop there. I told you he's 6'3", listed at 6'3", 185. There's still physical projection to go. It's one of the reasons why people aren't entirely sold that he might remain a shortstop. But if you remember, a couple weeks back, uh, Kylie McDaniel joined myself and Wiley Ballard on an, uh, on an audio fun bag, on a Front Rose audio fun bag uh, on 680 The Fan. And when we talked to Kylie, this was right after the, the draft, 
when we talked to Kylie, he mentioned Von Grissom as a shortstop. And he also mentioned that when you're at double A, you really are a, a, a realistic option to get called up that season. So shout out to Kylie. He was a hundred percent correct on this. Uh, and I don't, I'm not going to expect Vaughn to hit homers all the time. The Red Sox aren't exactly a good pitching staff. Darwin's and Hernandez kind of left one up for him. Uh, but what you see from, from that is you do see that there is a lot of power in Vaughn's swing. He's got a really nice swing. He's got the right type of body type to, to really be able to elevate and use his long levers. He's got long limbs. He's got a he's got a pretty quick swing. I wouldn't say it's as, as explosive as like Ronald Acuna's swing, but it is a very quick swing. He he's in the zone quite a bit. He knows what he's doing up there. And his first at bat grounded into a fielder's choice, but he beat the rabbit first. Second time up, he struck out. Then he hit the bomb. And then his last time up got the single. And his family was in attendance in the stands. It was awesome. It was really cool to see Michael Harris on base for Vaughn Grissom to drive in with that homer. And for Vaughn to be able to be behind Michael Harris in front of Ronald Acuna is awesome. But he wasn't done there. After his single, he also stole a bag. And that's the first time in Braves history, at least, I believe it's in the modern era for the Braves, that somebody has hit a home run and stolen a base in their debut game. Now, I don't know what you do with Vaughn Grissom uh, once Ozzy comes back. I don't think you want him to just be a bench bat for you up here. Now, if it if it is after September when Ozzy comes back, there's no real reason not to have him up here because the minor league season will be over. But... I would think you want consistent reps for Vaughn. And where this gets interesting, really interesting, is if Vaughn is performing like Michael Harris, if he's doing really, really well, and he he's shows that he deserves to be in this lineup every day, what do you do when Ozzy comes back? Because when Ozzy comes back, he's taking second base. I mean, it's, it, it is what it is. That's Ozzy's position. Ozzy's the second baseman of the future. He's very young. Vaughn's not displacing Ozzy. He's not displacing Dansby at shortstop either, as much as I think there's a possibility that that happens in this offseason. I have also said that I think Dansby's going to resign here. I think that they'll have an extension done before the season is officially over. I think you'll see something where Dansby takes 18 to 20 mil per over five years, maybe, maybe with a six-year option, something like that. I think you'll see Dansby stay here. I think Vaughn Grissom is going to end up being your left fielder. And I've said before, I, I loved the Jermaine Die comp buddy of mine, uh, Andy Harris, came up with. Andy Harris for Outfield Fly Rule. Uh, he put out a piece yesterday, Get to Know a Call-Up, talking about Von Grissom. I think there's a lot of David Justice to Von Grissom. I'm not certain he's ever going to be a consistent 30-40 home run type of guy, although I don't really ever doubt guys that know how to swing the bat well and have long levers, guys that know how to lift the ball, especially for a kid that's the third youngest in Major League Baseball right now behind Michael Harris and Wander Franco. There's still a lot of projection left to go from him body style-wise. He might run into even more power than what we're seeing now, but certainly I think he's 20-25 to 25 per I think he's a guy that's just a really good hitter. He'll take his walks. He's going to make a lot of contact. And we've seen from a lot of other teams, this is a guy that can really help out a lineup like this, where if he's going to have a lot of contact and he's going to have a lot of walks, then he should run pretty high OBPs. And I think that fits very similarly to what you saw from David Justice for all those years. David Justice was never a Hall of Fame type of guy, but he was a really, really good player in his time. Had over 300 home runs as a big leaguer. Uh, a lot of them were 20, 21, 25, 28. There were a couple 40 home run seasons, uh, 130 home run season. But outside of that, you saw 28, 21, 21, 19, 24, 6, 21, 21, 18, and 11. 
He's a guy, and Von Grissom is that type of guy. When you look at at, at Justice's stat line, 279, 378, 500. I think that's something that Vaughn could do, a 130 WRC+. plus. I think that's something that can really match what Vaughn Grissom is. I think that's the type of prospect he really is. And I think that's part of the reason why he's gone so underrated for so long. Because it's it's not the astronomical ceiling comp. It's probably not ever going to be the best single player on your team type of comp. But it is an absolute outstanding player and a guy that great teams always want to have. He's a guy that can play eventually, because I think they are going to get him in the outfield. He'll be a guy that can play left field, right field, uh, center field. I, I don't think he'll ever be a real option in center. I think he'll be corner outfield, and I think he'll be able to play at any of the infield spots that you want him to play at. And I think that, I think that for him, how quickly he can adjust to left field, and that's one of my questions, is... Once Ozzy gets back, do they roll him out in left field without any experience in a corner? I don't know. And it, it creates an interesting conundrum for the Braves. Because if he's hitting, you're going to want him in the lineup. And you're not going to be playing him at second base because that's where Ozzy's going to play. And when Ozzy's healthy, he doesn't get days off. Ozzy plays every day. Dansby plays every day. Um, Riley plays nearly every day. I suppose you could get him some starts at third if Riley goes and gives Olsen a day off and they can float between DH. But that DH spot, and if you're not going to just throw him into left field, that DH spot becomes where you're looking at for Vaughn Grissom. And I think the, the problem there is if you give Vaughn Grissom DH opportunities, you're taking about two games worth of at-bats away from William Contreras. And you're also taking at-bats away from Robbie Grossman and Eddie Rosario. There's this big, honestly, the best possible outcome for this would be that Vaughn DHs along with William Contreras, uh, you you keep hammering him with left field work uh, and on off days like today and, and going forward. You, you get him a lot of outfield work. Uh, and then you have Eddie Rosario and Robbie Grossman either splitting left field and DH or whatever, and you work Von Grissom into that. Because I don't think you can afford to have William Contreras out of this lineup. William Contreras has been one of your most impactful offensive players, and he's just not getting a ton of reps. And that's that's a shame. Marcelo Zuna gets in the lineup every day, and I know he hit a three-run bomb yesterday. That doesn't change the fact that Marcelo Zuna is on pace to be the first person in history to have a 30-home run season and a negative war season. Here's his stat line after the home run. 213, 264, 395 with 20 home runs. Marcelo Zuna has been absolutely abysmal this year. Now, unfortunately, the, the bad side of that home run for Marcel is that it means that he, we're going to see him in the lineup consistently pretty much every day for time going forward for, you know, for another two or three weeks, even though he basically is a guy that runs into a homer every 20 or so ABs. Uh, and you see... When you look at, at Marcel's season, he has 86 hits. 20 of them have been home runs. 13 of them have been doubles. So he swings the same way all the time. He's not really walking very much. 27 walks on the season. Uh, that, that's not going to do it for a guy that doesn't hit very well. He's, he's under a 200 ISO, and he's been bad for two years. He's not the type of guy that should be holding down anybody else in the lineup. But he has the contract, and he's got name recognition, which means he's going to. And that does mean that, that I do wonder what's going to happen with Vaughn once Ozzy comes back. Maybe Ozzy takes a little bit longer than we thought. And maybe maybe last night is just an aberration. And Vaughn struggles a little bit. And he takes that, that decision out of the Braves' hands. But I don't really think that's going to be the case. 
I don't know that he's going to absolutely crush the baseball to this extent his entire time up for the rest of the season. But I think he's got such a good eye at the plate that you're going to find out that he's quickly going to be one of these ones that's running routinely high on base percentages. And it's going to make it a really tough decision because a guy like Vaughn fits really well in this lineup of bashers where you've got a guy that just doesn't strike out a ton and knows how to take his walks. I think that that helps everything out. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. And for what it's worth, Kyle Wright looked a lot better this time out than he did versus the Mets. Yeah, he gave up six hits in six innings, only allowed one run, only had one walk, and had five strikeouts. And I've mentioned this before, for Kyle, he switched almost exclusively to his sinker. He was throwing a lot of his four-seam early in the season. That's why he was getting the strikeouts, the four-seam, with the curveball going on top of that. He's really gone to the sinker heavily his last few times out. And I don't know if it's because he's now up around 130 innings, which is right around his career high. I, I tend to believe it's probably more along the lines of major league offenses kind of adjusted. So he's going to the sinker to have them adjust back to the sinker. And we might see him go back to the four seam a little bit later. I don't know. Uh, but that outing against the Mets where he gave up four home runs, a lot of that was him leaving the ball up. And that's one of the things with sinkers. If you leave it up, it's going out a long, long way. But good outing by Kyle Wright. I know Boston is not a great team. I know they scratched across nine hits, which not great. They scored four. And in this two-game set, they scored a lot of runs off of you. The Atlanta pitching left a lot to be desired. Uh, Charlie Morton was not great yesterday. He allowed some long balls. And that's... Unfortunately, I don't want to see Charlie get into one of those funks where he's given up home runs left and right. But he allowed five earned runs off of three homers yesterday to a really bad lineup. That's just something I'm going to watch going forward. Um, yesterday, though, for Kyle, the good thing was he kept the ball out of the ballpark. Uh, or he kept the ball in the ballpark. And that's that's what you want to see. The Braves are a better team than Boston. Boston is floundering. They're now 54 and 58 their their playoff chances are done and despite what brian jordan says no they did not have a good deadline they had one of the worst deadlines where just nobody knows what what the other hand is doing um i don't care that they traded for tommy fam tommy fam is awful um and i know tommy fam hit a home run yesterday cool cool story uh the other the more the worst part of that is that dylan lee gave up that home run as that's yet another outing where dylan lee has not been very good uh, two-thirds of an inning gave up three runs off of that homer to Tommy Pham. And Dylan Lee wasn't going to keep doing what he was doing all season, but I was really, really hoping that uh, that he might not regress to this level. He's kind of gone back to being Dylan Lee of last year a little bit. He's getting hit a little bit harder, uh, giving up more walks, which is something that he was so good at limiting before. But uh, with Tyler Matzik showing out, Two nights ago, the first game of the set, Tyler Matzik looking back like he was Tyler Matzik and getting his first career save in an 11th inning 
win by the Braves. I didn't like it going to 11 innings versus the Red Sox, but hey, I'll take the wins anyway. I can get them. Um, it was good to see Tyler Matzik operate with the VLO up 96-97 again. But for this game, you saw what I wanted to see from the back end of that bullpen. You saw Kirby Yates clean up Dylan Lee's mess. That was nice. Kirby Yates got his, uh, he got activated yesterday, along with Von Grissom getting called up. And Kirby Yates, I think, is going to be a big, a big piece of this bullpen going forward. A.J. Minter, uh, he did allow a walk, but struck out all three batters. Uh, all three outs were strikeouts for him, his 20th hold of the season. And then you had Rysel Iglesias come in the ninth with a four-run lead. Uh, got one strikeout, but a clean inning for Rysel Iglesias. And I, th- I think Rysel Iglesias is going to be a monster piece for this team. I think Rysel Iglesias is a phenomenal talent. I think that's a guy that's going to pay big, big dividends for this team in terms of, his, uh, in terms of the Braves' success in October. But the story is really Vaughn Grissom. The home run, the magical moment, the, the blast at Fenway for your first hit, your family being there. And then he gets the interview after the game with Kelly Kroll. And my word, this kid is good on the microphone. I mean, he just seems to have a little bit of everything. He's got the look. He's got the, the, the laugh. He, he, by all accounts, in a piece at the AJC by Justin Toscano today, one of the things said about him is that he loves baseball more than anybody else that, that they've ever been around. Just a, just a guy that I'm going to completely bet on to be a really, really good player and going to be a fan favorite, uh, especially with how good he was on the mic. He was very open and honest, uh, had a lot of fun with the guys in the dugout, and you could see Michael Harris waiting for him at the plate, jumping around, and, and how excited Michael Harris was for his friend Vaughn Grissom. And I think that this seems crazy to say, but I think the two of them together, I think we're looking at yet another instance of an Aussie and and, and an Aussie and Ronald, I'm not saying that either of those two guys are Ronald Acuna, but like that level where we're looking at two guys joined at the hip that are exceptional players for your team. Uh, the Jason Hayward and Freddie Freeman dynamic where Jason Hayward now it didn't work out for Jason Hayward, but it, don't forget how it looked early on where Jason Hayward looked like this absolute superstar. That's what he was supposed to be. Then he got hit in the face and, and things didn't work out for him. Uh, so he's actually going to get released this offseason. And then Freddie Freeman came behind as kind of the the quiet, understated one who was more hit over power and, to Freddie's credit, gr- grew into massive power, but as a guy that just knew how to hit. That's something that you can kind of see in Vaughn as well. I think that there's a chance that this ends up being yet another case of just just absolutely stealing, just theft from the Braves and their their scouting department. The 2019 draft class has a chance to go down as one of the all-time best Braves draft classes. Uh, Dana Brown and Alex Anthopoulos deserve, and and the area scouts who saw Vaughn Grissom when they were out to look at Riley Green and said, you know what, this kid can play. Those guys deserve a ton of credit. The Braves development department, particularly all those guys in Mississippi, have been so good at getting these guys ready to go and having them prepped and ready to play big league outings. There's a lot that's going to go down for this. And I think, again, I don't know what Vaughn is going to do the rest of this season, but I know there's a real opportunity for him to make this a really tough decision and that Vaughn is going to have every opportunity to break camp with the Braves next year. And I think there's a real chance that next year, the only person on opening day, the only person that was not fully developed by this Braves staff is going to be Matt Olson. I mean, you can talk about Ronald Acuna in right, Michael Harris in center. I think you'll probably see Vaughn Grissom in left, Austin Riley at third. I think Dansby will resign and he'll be at short, Ozzy at second. Uh, I think Max Freed will be your opening day starter. And then there's a real chance that William Contreras is your opening day catcher behind the dish as well. 
this is going to go down as one of those great runs for the Braves. And it's why I'm not so worried that their farm system is ranked so low. Of course, it's going to be ranked that low when you've got everybody graduating from your prospect list and becoming mainstays on your big league club. William Contreras, Michael Harris, Spencer Strider. Those guys have all graduated from the prospect list this season. So yeah, you're going to look a little bit worse when you're, when three of your top guys <laughs> are now off of the prospect list because they played so well that they're on your big league ball club. Vaughn Grissom is going to be another one of those. And I think that there's still some talent in the farm that'll, that'll shake out. I don't think they're the worst farm system. I think they're just going to look that way in terms of kind of draft position and top 100 rankings and, and things of that nature. But AJ Smith Shaver is a really talented arm. Freddie Tarnock is really talented. Jared Schuster has been really good. I think there's a lot of, a lot of guys. Victor Vodnik is a really promising bullpen piece. Darius Vines got called up to AAA. There's a uh, uh, Rodri Munoz got called. Uh, he got uh, promoted as well. Roy Salinas. There's a lot of talent in this farm system that's just not as widely recognized. They have a phenomenal job. No way. I think that they're one of the worst farm systems in the league. I think that they're. I think if you're just going to go talent basis wise, how it ends up shaking out, I think it's probably maybe around 20th or so, something like that. And I think that they have plenty of time to address that through the draft. Now that they have what's going to be one of the most locked up and younger big league rosters in baseball, there's no real sense of urgency. Now you're at the point where all you need to do is, is just upgrade. And, you know, there's a lot of money coming off the books this season. I said it. Uh, I said it on Tuesday. I am not going to be surprised if this ends with Jacob. De if, if next season we see Jacob DeGrom in a Braves uniform. He's a Braves fan growing up. We know how much Alex loves that. He wants to win. We know the Braves are a team that's built to win for a long, long time. I think there's a very fair chance we see Jacob DeGrom in a Braves uniform. They're going to have a ton of money, and they can go pretty much any direction they want. And you don't even need to talk about the contracts coming off the books. I think the Braves are just now going to be a team that if it makes them better and it means that more people will come out to see, then I think there's a chance they go for it. I think they could revisit dealing for Shohei Otani. I, I, we kind of laugh about that because, oh, man, if you're the Angels, you can't give up Shohei Otani. But, I mean, Shohei's not re-signing in, in Anaheim. And I'm still going to call it Anaheim because if I say L.A., you're going to think the Dodgers. I think the Braves could make a real good package and get Shohei Otani. And I think that if I'm going to put a list of teams that are most likely to get him, I think the Dodgers, obviously, because they have just an, an abundance of, of big league talent plus farm talent that you can use to get whoever you want, plus they can break off a gigantic contract for him. Uh, I think the Yankees, there's a chance that the Yankees do. Again, they could give up Oswald Peraza or Anthony Volpe and, and, and have a deal sent around them to get Shohei. I just don't want to see those. I think Seattle is probably another one that could really go out and grab Shohei if they really wanted to. Uh, Seattle does a great job getting Japanese talent. The West Coast in general does. But I'm really hoping, and I, I just I think there's a really good chance. And I don't want to say that it's like a 60% chance, but I think there's I think the Braves could put up a package and get that done. And factor in that Alex and Perry know each other very well. I would love to see that just because I want to see Shohei in a Braves uniform. Would I rather sign Degrom to a two or three year contract or trade for Shohei and break him off? Break him off. I'm going to say Shohei. Give me Shohei just so I can watch Shohei. I'm not going to predict that or anything, but it's just interesting the, the realms that this Braves team is going to be in going forward. Now that they have one of the most excited fan bases in baseball, the Braves and, and you guys, Braves fans, we're like third in attendance in the league. The Braves sell out all the time. Uh, the, the 
the division will be better with the Mets being better too, which will probably create even more impetus to go out to those games. They'll feel better. They'll feel more, uh, they'll feel like more important games, which always brings more people out to the ballpark. The Braves are a team that's going to contend for World Series for the foreseeable future, which always does good for bringing people out to the ballpark. I think the Braves are printing money now. I think the Braves have pretty much everybody they need to locked up. Dansby and Max Fried are about the only two now. I think there's a chance that you see them explore big extensions with Michael Harris and Spencer Strider this offseason. Now, I don't know that it's going to happen this offseason, but I think there's a fair chance that, that you'll see that happen too. Those are the next two guys that I think you get those buy out the arbitration year type contract extensions. It's, it's Everything's coming up Braves fans right now. I don't have a lot that I want to get into because it's hard to take away too much from a bad series but con to, uh, against a series against a bad team. But congrats to Vaughn Grissom. Braves have an off day today. Come back and play Miami. Uh, we'll see what happens going forward if Vaughn is able to keep this up and make a really difficult decision for the Braves front office once Ozzy gets back. I'm all here for it. Um, but congratulations to Vaughn Grissom. I've loved following him for the past couple of years. He's been one of my favorites. You've heard me talk about him a million times on this show. Congrats to that young man. What a bomb. What a way for your first hit. And to be at Fenway, just, just storybook right there. To get the interview after the game, just cannot be more excited for Vaughn Grissom and what this means for the Braves going forward. Can't wait to see more of him. And we'll see that tomorrow night. But as it is, I'm, you can kind of hear my dogs going a little bit mental right now. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and call it a day. If you guys are wanting more of my coverage, make sure you're tuning in Saturday mornings on 680 The Fan, 9 to 11, the 643 show with yours truly. We'll get that going. We'll have more talk about Vaughn Grissom, um, as well as, as the first game against Miami tomorrow night. Thank you guys so much. We'll go ahead and call it quits for now. Y'all have a good day. Try not to be the theme of Braves Twitter on an off day. That should always be your main goal. But we'll be back again here on Tuesday for the 643 podcast. That's all, folks. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.